Welcome back to What's in the Box, a Doctor Who podcast that invites you to discuss your favourite or recommended things that make Doctor Who for you. I'm currently in conversation with Daniel Rawnsley about his favourite things. We've discussed the Dalek designs from Dalek's Invasion of Earth 2150 AD, and we've also discussed his favourite New Who story, which is Dalek, and his favourite Target novelization, which is also Dalek. In part two, we will be discussing his comfort stories and we'll be making a return to the Jodie Whittaker era. Okay, so we'll move on to your next section now. So you um, wanted to pick some of your comfort stories to discuss, didn't Mm. you? Yes. It's something that I relate to quite a lot, you know, the comforting side of Doctor Who and, uh, Mm. you know, when the when when the world's in a bad way or or if i'm in a bad mm-hmm. way and uh, i need to escape i think yeah doctor who is the only show which i can escape to in that way that's true yeah yeah it has such imagination that you can you can kind of go anywhere with it and again mm. depending on what what kind of person you are i suppose you you're it can be any story really mm. although i i wouldn't i wouldn't imagine many people sort of saying oh you know what i've had a hard day i'll i'll sit down and watch midnight or mm. heaven sent or you know <laughs> um i mean they're both brilliant stories but you know it's not ones you rush to when you want to sort of unwind a bit no no for, there's, there's there's a certain there's a certain type isn't there i think that you that you go to for you know for myself it's mm. i i will if i'm feeling pretty down or i've had a bad day and uh, i just want to i just want to on a doctor who i'll usually watch something from the pertwee era uh there's something oh, about yes. those stories I and mean, maybe not maybe not things like inferno stories like inferno <laughs> it's quite it's, it's quite dark but you know the the the, the demons is uh, is one of my favorite um one of my favorite stories invasion of the dinosaurs something like that that for me is 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 a comfort and maybe something maybe even something like Mordrin undead something from the 1980s uh uh, battlefield as well it's one of my favorites uh, oh yes it's yes. Uh, uh, a lot of earth-based stories seem to be my 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 comfort stories that was the yeah i think the the, the pertwee era when when yeah when he's exiled on earth you can it's kind of yeah, it's comforting to stay in one place it becomes quite a a stationary show in a way mm. um and uh yeah and there's a very sort of a certain comfort about that where yes you know you have the unit family and you know you know he's just going to pop in and yeah pop into the office and <laughs> save yeah. the world again you know? <laughs> so so yes and then yeah and then of course he moves away from that uh, at the end of his run but yeah mm. yeah what are your comfort stories then well there's many i mean i i i did grow up with the the russell t davies era so mm. that's familiar ground for me so when i when I want to just sort of unwind, I'll go to, I'll gravitate towards one of those stories. Um, but before that, there was the Five Doctors. So the Five Doctors was the 129th story in Doctor Who's run. It stars Peter Davison as the Fifth Doctor, John Pertwee as the Third Doctor, Patrick Troughton as the Second Doctor, and Richard Herndl as the First Doctor. It stars Janet Fielding as Tegan, Mark Strickson as Turlow, Elizabeth Sladen as Sarah Jane Smith, Caroline Ford as Susan, Nicholas Courtney as the Brigadier, Anthony Ainley as the Master, Philip Latham as Barusa, 
Dinah Sheridan as Chancellor Flavia, Paul Jericho as the Castellan, David Banks as the Cyber Leader. It also features Mark Hardy as the Cyber Lieutenant, Richard Matthews as Rassilon, Fraser Hines as Jamie, Wendy Padbury as Zoe, Caroline John as Liz, Richard Franklin as Captain Yates, David Saville as Colonel Crichton, John Leeson as the voice of K-9, Roy Skelton as the Dalek voice, John Scott Martin as the Dalek operator, Stuart Blake as the commander, Stephen Meredith as the technician, Ray Float as the sergeant, John Talents as the guard, William Kenton as a cyber scout, and Keith Hodiak as the Raston warrior robot. It was directed by Peter Moffat, written by Terence Dix, script edited by Eric Saywood, produced by John Nathan Turner, the music was by Peter Howell, and it was first broadcast on the 25th of November 1983, which was its first UK broadcast. I got that on DVD around the same time I started getting the around the same time I started getting the DVDs for the new series and and so yeah my sort of and that's when I started discovering classic who I suppose as 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 going back to that to that history of of um of of Doctor Who and I mean it's just fun you know it's oh, just yeah. it's just so much fun the the five doctors it's again that kind of feeling of slightly like oh well we've got all these people for a weekend i mean it, it wasn't a weekend but <laughs> you, you you get the feeling that oh well it, we're just going to chum around and get all your favorite characters back and and you know all the things the fans love so gallifrey and the time lords and the master mm. and the cybermen and even a dalek in there somewhere mm. you know i suppose it's the four and a half doctors though isn't it because because tom baker is yeah. stuck in in his in Sharda, basically <laughs> yeah yeah and you've kind of you've you've got uh richard herndall as the as the first doctor as well haven't yeah, you so what's, kind of... what's your view on that because um is i've heard different 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 opinions on on on, um, re, on recasting the first doctor i suppose you have to if you want to bring it yeah, back, yeah i mean i i haven't got a i haven't hmm, have i got an issue with recasting i don't know it's it, it it's kind of one of those debates that always crops up isn't it um and it, and it was the first time it had been done as a doctor as well i think i, I haven't got a problem with a recast i don't think i th i think the issue i have is when the recast isn't like the doctor that it's meant to be mm. that is meant to be being portrayed so i i think richard herndall is a fantastic doctor i just don't think he is william hartnell's doctor it's really hard because again it's one of those stories the five doctors is one of those stories that i've watched when when i was a kid as well and i had it on video and it was a very it was one of those stories that it was you know it would been played to death i would watch it every weekend at my dad's house at my dad's flat and um so i grew to love it so richard herndall was one of the one of the the it was one of the first first doctor stories that i saw with him you know as the doctor rather than william hartnell um but his characterization doesn't quite capture William Hartnell's characterization of the first doctor. You know, I think what's missing for me, and I mean, he doesn't always do it. And I think it's kind of a bit overplayed if you, if you characterize him that way, but it's, um, is the, hmm? Hmm. so, so yeah, that, that, that's missing. I think from the five doctors, I, I, I would, I was always expecting him to kind of end one of his lines with, you know, is he's used pie. Hmm? 
Mm-hmm. You kind of the the I think he's missing a little bit of that that kind of the twinkle in the eye, the that, twinkly eye. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. He's kind of he's very much a stern, know, quite kind of a, yeah, crabby. But you know, I wonder what the... happened to the other. That kind of <laughs> you know, he's not. Whereas you're expecting, you know, William Hartner would be a bit more. Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, and he'd be. You think he because he he'd left Susan by because they have that clip of him at the beginning mm. where he does that the famous speech that I always do when I want to imitate Hartnell is you know one yeah. day I shall come back yes yes <laughs> I shall come back um, and you'd think that yeah by then he would have moved on a bit because um, mm. he left Susan behind and then you know she appears here mm. and um, yeah no yeah it's true and I think they. They do that again when they bring back, um, uh, when they do, when David Bradley does uh, the first Doctor. Again, I think he's he's very good. Oh yes, um, and it is uh, to the untrained eye, I suppose, the casual viewer, you think, oh yeah, I've I've heard of the first Doctor. That that's him. He's the mm. grumpy old, the grumpy old man, you know. But um, yeah, it's 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 when he does the you know the mm, that that he really captures the Hartnell mm, side. Yeah. I think you know. Mm. So yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 yeah, but yeah, it's a, it, it is a it is a really kind of comforting, comforting, warm story, and uh, and again, it kind of gives you everything you want. Really, I think if you if you're ever if you're a new fan and you're coming into Classic Who for the first mm. time, I think it's a perfect story to to, to yes. watch. You know, because it's well, exciting. It's it's, it's full exciting. of lots of different characters. It's yeah, it's ve- it's really it's entertaining as well. Yes, an interesting game you can play actually is is seeing how many of the lines they they picked up again for the new series. So mm. I mean, there's so many quotable lines where you know, oh, you've you've had this thing, you've had this place redecorated, haven't you? Mm, don't like it. <laughs> um, and uh, and even I think even at the end when um, they're the th- three of the doctors are reading the inscription in in the Tower of Rassilon and. Um, and uh, uh, Sarah asks them, you know, what are you doing? And and um, the brigadier says, yes, I'd quite like to know as well. <laughs> and um, and and Kate Stewart says that in in the Zygon inversion, she where, does, doesn't she? Where they have the two boxes, and you say, well, why are you doing this? Yes, I'd quite like to know that too. <laughs> you know, so yeah. yeah, it's a good as a as a new series person, you can still enjoy it. As you can kind of, I mean, there's so many quotable lines, you can oh, yeah. just enjoy it on that on that front, really you know mm, yeah um and um oh and and anthony ainley as the master uh is really good in in the five doctors you know um, oh yeah it's it's one of his best performances i think as as you know because you think oh he's just you know uh the pantomime villain who will laugh maniacally but actually in here he's you know he's there's he, he really really seems to have got the part you know he's he's gotten used to the part and he yeah uh, you know, he he's he's he leads he leads quite a lot of that. I think you know he's just great. I mean, he's not he's not my favourite master, but no, he is. Sometimes he is one of my favourite masters. <laughs> it depends on which story I'm watching. You know, he's he's great in. I really enjoy him in Logopolis. He's great in the Five Doctors, and uh, he's great in Survival as well. Mm. You know, and uh, and even the end of the Trial of the Time Lord as well. He's he's uh, he's pretty good in that as well. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a great story. Um, 
what about the the um, uh, if you're a Cyberman fan, uh, how how do you think they're treated in this story? I think they're. I think the Cybermen her at, at this point have become kind of cannon fodder, really. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, that, I love that sequence between the Raston Warrior robot and the Cybermen. I, there's a kid. Oh, I was like, oh, I, I lap yes. that stuff up, you know, uh, and they are defeated quite easily. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, they're so stupid. They're kind of like, you know, they get slaughtered and they're like, oh, yeah. they die. Oh, so... But uh, I I do I do like I do like having those kind of the, those Cybermen. Right? I do, I like the eighties Cybermen. Um, mm. I don't maybe not as much as I like the sixties designs, but I do enjoy the. I, I love David Banks's portrayal as the Cyber Leader. It's uh, you know uh, I've got to do it now. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and and the lieutenant. Oh, I have found the wands from the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they're, no. they're 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 pretty. Yeah, they're they're used as cannon fodder a little bit, but I think they work really well in the story. Mm. Um, mm. It's quite interesting that they decided to use the Cybermen as as kind of the main monster in the in the show rather than in the episode rather than the. The Daleks, you know, you would have yes, thought the Daleks. Would I'm have trying been to a... remember. I'm I'm trying to remember if there was any sort of, was it a budget thing or was it the the they were still kind of the the Terry Nation estate was still pretty nervous about using them. I'm trying to remember. I can't really. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but a um, but I don't they kind of t- take that Cyberman design again for the Flux for the for the the updated series the um. The Jodie Whittaker era. There's some elements of that in in there. In the, yeah, the face, the face, and the, the head. You know. Yeah, I think um, there's a there's a lot of callbacks to the kind of 80s Cybermen in the in the Jodie Cybermen design, and I I think I think the Jodie Cybermen designs are the the best that they've been since since the series came back. Yeah. Uh, oh, so they look so cinematic. You know? Oh, they do. Um, they look. Uh, they just. Even the Cybermasters, which uh, you know people probably weren't too keen on them, I don't think when they when they first uh, when they first appeared, I just thought they were hilarious with the yeah, colours and funny. the sad faces, and yeah, I thought they were fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, and funnily enough, this ties back to the the Five Doctors because I think in an original draft, I think it was before Terence Dix signed on, they Robert Holmes was going to write this concept about how they the Cybermen were trying to take the power of the Time Lords and become uh, Cyber Lords. Mm. And um, so you kind of see that in the in the Timeless Children. You can, you know, yeah. They, you, they take that. And, and it is interesting, actually, because I, I've always kind of seen the, the, the Jodie Whittaker era. We'll, we'll talk more about Jodie later on. But mm. I've, I've always seen uh, it's very... I can see its connections to the '80s stuff a lot. You know, the, the so many companions on board the TARDIS, the the kind of the nods to continuity. Mm. Uh, I think it's done better in in the Jodie era. But the, yeah, there's a lot of you can see that Chibnall was watching the show and was a fan of the show in the in the '80s. I think the early '80s especially. And the late oh 70s. yeah, I mean, and and I've always said Power of the Doctor is his kind of his his ultimate sort of mic drop to yeah. 
to 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 the viewers kind of saying oh 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 so i'm not a doctor who fan am i okay here you go here's everything i love about doctor who in one episode <laughs> you know he said oh 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 are we are we we've got the 60th anniversary next year well let's have it one year early let's do it now and have celebrate it now <laughs> you know this because this might be the last doctor who episode we ever make you know yeah yeah. 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 So, you know, that's I think that's why there's you see so much of enthusiasm in in the power of the doctor. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. yeah. And um the five doctors so have you have you seen because I haven't but have you seen the new new version of it on the on so, the Blu-ray collection? No, I have the special edition version from nine the nineties. I think with the yeah. uh, the only thing I can tell apart is is um the the this time scoop mm. looks like an upside down whirlwind. I think yeah. when they when it scoops up the the, the people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, apparently they've added scenes and stuff, but that was the first version I was exposed to. So mm. that's how I remember the five doctors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, 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 for me, it was the original, and then, uh, and then I saw the '90s special edition version. But I haven't seen the the Blu-ray one yet, mainly because I haven't, well, I haven't bought the collection yet. So, mm. <laughs> and they recently had a a showing at the BFI, didn't they? Yes, um, they did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They seem to. Is that an annual thing? Just every every year we go and watch the Five Doctors. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it definitely seems to be Doctor Who always seems to be on at the BFI. <laughs> yes, that. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I've never been, but no, I'm no, so happy it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's good that yeah. it's getting the exposure that uh, that it deserves. You know, I think they did the Underwater Menace a few weeks ago. I believe. Yes, yeah. I've, I've heard so, of that. Yes, yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. yeah, and I suppose if for the Five Doctors, if you're a new series fan again you can see the yeah it's the precursor to all these things like like power of the doctor like day of the doctor these celebrations of the show Mm. um which kind of you mean the the biggest splash i suppose in the for the classic series at the time was yeah was that one the the 20th in some ways i think it peaked in the 80s at the five doctors i think i think at the time Mm. it was still very much in the public zeitgeist i think it was still very very much enjoyed by the public um <laughs> and uh, and i think after that it kind of it kind of went downhill a little bit i still uh, i still enjoyed it a hell of a lot but i think it probably the, the the general public public kind of drifted away a little bit in much the same way that they did from after the fiftieth, I feel. I think after I the fiftieth, yeah. It, that's not to say that it wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't great. Still, great stories. Still a great series. But I kind of feel like interest in the show peaked at the fiftieth and then dropped after that. Yes, yes. I remember my. Um, I think that's when my sister stopped watching. Because um, well, I mean, we watched most of it together, uh, or she would have to quickly catch up with me and. Um, I mean, she's not around here to confirm, but <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, I seem to remember, yeah, we got to Deep Breath and we watched Deep Breath and then Into the Dalek and I think Robot of Sherwood. And I was still I was still watching live at the time, but mm. she kind of dropped out. And then on a, a, I don't think she's going to be back until the 60th. You know, I think she mm. dropped out by then, really. Yeah. 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 I think like a lot of people... You know, I spoke. I spoke to somebody at work the other day, 
about Doctor Who. And she said to me that she'd uh, she'd not watched it since the Matt Smith era because she she wasn't keen on the grumpy old man <laughs> that had taken over for old Peter. You know, <laughs> I love Peter mm. Capaldi, but um, yeah, I kind of it, I do feel that people, the public, kind of drifted away a little bit, and hopefully they'll be back. I think that's the whole point of this. 60th mm. anniversary and isn't it isn't it is the bringing um, david tennant back and Catherine tate back and yeah they've yeah. done it they've done it the right way i think as much as i've mentioned this before on 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 the podcast but i wanted i wanted another female doctor um mm. i'm absolutely i cannot wait to see shooty gatwa i can't wait to see what he does in the role um and i was slightly only slightly disappointed about tenant coming back but i'm really excited about it and i know why it's been done because it's the right yes. thing to do for the 60th you know you bring everybody back in who fell in love with that doctor and and you start uh, with a new audience, yeah. You start yeah, with a yeah. new audience, so they've done yeah. absolutely they've done the right thing. So, um, but yeah, I hope we, uh, I hope we do get another female doctor soon. Um, yeah, I, I think we will. I think, yeah. we, I think now that 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 sort of hurdle has been, well, not probably not the right word. When that, when now that that line has been drawn in the sand, you can, mm. you can definitely go back there again, and I think you have to. Yes, I think you have to in in the in the. In today's, yeah, in today's era, you have to. You do, you do. Yeah. Uh, Swinging it back round to David Tennant. Mm. um, And speaking of. Doctor. (laughs) Yes. um, That that leads us to another one of your comfort stories, which which I'm I'm mm. quite interested about this one. uh, Okay. Because I'm not a massive fan of this story. Not many people are. I I get the feeling not many people are. Um, so yes, to, to avoid any any suspense, I mean the the answer is 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 New Earth. New Earth was the one hundred and sixty eighth episode of Doctor Who. It starred David Tennant as the tenth Doctor, Billy Piper as Rose Tyler. It also starred Camille Kaduri as Jackie Tyler, Noel Clark as Mickey Smith, Zoe Wanamaker as Lady Cassandra, Sean Gallagher as Chip, Donna Kroll as Matron Casp. Michael Fitzgerald as the Duke of Manhattan, Lucy Robinson as Frau Clovis, Adjo Ando as Sister Jat, Anna Hope as Novice Haim, Simon Ludders as the Patient, and Struan Roger as the Face of Bo. It was directed by James Hawes, written by Russell T. Davies, script edited by Simon Winstone, produced by Phil Collinson, with executive producers Russell T. Davies, Julie Gardner, and the music was by Murray Gold. It was first broadcast on the 15th of April 2006. Um, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people's issue with it is that it doesn't feel like a proper series opener, which I think what the reason why is, is the, I I I think we have to blame the Christmas special, which I think is great. I think mm. the Christmas invasion is, is terrific. Um, mm. And that had the duty of basically bridging the gap between the Christopher Eccleston doctor and the David Tennant doctor and also making it Christmassy and before they could do the, before heading into a new series. So you introduce David Tennant's doctor in the Christmas invasion. And then, uh, but he spends most of the episode in sleep. Mm -hmm. 
um, <laughs> which I think is, I mean, it's by design, obviously. And, it, yeah. and it's, it's basically how does the world cope without the doctor? Hmm. Uh, not very well. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and what I find interesting about this one is that they kind of do that in reverse where it's not how does Rose cope without the doctor is how does the doctor cope without Rose? Because mm. for most of the episode, she's possessed by uh, Lady Cassandra. Mm -hmm. um, um, I suppose. Yeah. So what I really like about this story in general is that it's just um it's again it's really just it's it's fun it's late it's kind of um russell t davis uh victory lap it's like we've done a whole series 13 episodes we've got a christmas special we did it we're a popular show where you know we've got a second series so we're just gonna instead of um properly diving into the new story we're just gonna have a sort of you know, uh, a romp. We're gonna have a little, you know, uh, a fun time. And yeah. I suppose a lot of your, a lot of, a lot of people's mileage may vary depending on your patience for body swap uh, yes. stories and camp. It's very camp. It's high oh, camp. It's doctor. very, very camp. <laughs> and just like the Five Doctors, it's probably for me one of the most quotable stories. You know, <laughs> you know, who needs arms when we have claws? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it gets very silly. It's a very silly episode of Doctor Who. But what I think is brilliant is that it goes through all that. And at the same time, it has this really gruesome, horrific kind of kind of horrific um, plot about about them experimenting on on people, you know, mm. the cats experimenting on people. And, you know, some and you could say, oh, well, why don't they just do that then? But I think you need the comedy to yeah. counterbalance that. Because yeah. otherwise it would be so grim, so awful that you really wouldn't want to open a season like that. You know? No. Um, so it's kind of yeah it's and again it's uh, humans very subjective so it's uh, again it depends on how well the balance is made i think it's done i think it's balanced very well because you get to that end scene which is probably the most moving scene of the episode where it mm. where cassandra meets her past self and and says you know you're you're so beautiful and mm. you know she said oh you're very kind you're very kind and no you are so beautiful mm. yeah and um yeah it's something very touching about that um, but it's very clever as well um how the story suddenly changes at that moment at the end of the story mm. because you you know you've been watching this kind of this high camp uh run around body swap having a laugh episode and then all of a sudden you hit with that right at the end and you're like, yes. whoa! Everything just suddenly changes, and you, you kind of, you kind of feel like you, you you're dropping off a off off a ledge or something into this kind <laughs> of, you know, because you're like, whoa, okay, because uh, uh, you know, I recently rewatched it um, with 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 my friend who hadn't seen Doctor Who before, and she, she, you know, she she enjoyed it, but I was I was completely blown away by that last scene, um, mm. as much as I wasn't keen on the 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 story kind of the the, the leading up to it that scene just like it took my breath or breath away watching that scene mm. again mm -hmm. it's uh it's such a yeah it's such a moving moving scene but that's that's russell's writing he's you know he's able to 
suddenly pull the rug out from underneath you. Yes. You know, you think yes. you know what you've got and you all of a sudden everything changes. Yes, yeah, and 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 it's yeah, and it's very much a Cassandra's whole character arc in that story is, you know, that kind of pursuit of beauty mm. where she ends up stealing other people's bodies just to just to stay alive, just to keep uh, chasing that beauty. And, you know, when she possesses Rose, it's all very, you know, sh a shallow, superficial idea of beauty. And then, yeah, you get to the end of the story and that's, you know, that's what true beauty is, is it's on the inside, you know, mm. and it's and it's seeing the worth in a person and not just how they look and mm. um and um and there i i don't know if you know this there was the there was a a lost scene which they couldn't film um because um new earth had a terrible production it was like they had weather problems when they went to the gower peninsula and mm. Uh, they were on another on another shooting block and they had to ke play catch up all the time and yeah there's a scene where when they walk out of the the ward with with cassandra in in chip's body and they go outside again just like in the beginning and watch the sunset over new earth and um and the doctor tells them you know this planet's going to last another billion years and then they'll move on and they'll find another planet earth and then another and then another and rose asks him so where does it end and he says i don't know maybe it never does oh, and wow. and chip says or chip cassandra says i won't see it and uh the doctor says well no one sees it all not even me wow and then he kind of turns to cassandra and says don't think i've forgiven you because you still killed all those people mm. and uh but i think you can make one last trip because we've been invited to a party <laughs> and sorry that was my tenant bit at the end um but um so yeah so it kind of bridges the gap between the scene where they leave the ward and the scene when they turn up at the party and kind of explains his look at the end where she dies and he's got a very unreadable face mm. it's very somber it's very solemn but you still see that kind of hardness where he hasn't completely forgiven her yeah he understands he's compassionate he yeah. gives her this final kindness but he still knows that she killed all those people and that's the part of him that can't forgive yeah. you know what a shame that yeah. uh, that scene wasn't uh, was it was it not recorded or was it uh... it was yeah faulty camera didn't record oh, and they lost all that stuff yeah oh. it was uh, it's tragic i so. think uh, i think we need a, a novelization of the story to uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to so we can experience that yes. <laughs> Yes, I suppose something that really makes the episode for me is um, the performances, especially uh, Billy Piper. I mm. think she's just phenomenal in in this story. We we often talk about great performances, about you know you have to emote and it's got to be dramatic, and and she does do a lot of that in in series one, and you know she's got some absolutely. Mm phenomenal performances you know in father's day and and i even in dalek i would say as mm. well um mm. and it takes another thing entirely to do a very sort of comic you know camp performance like the one she does in new earth where it's just like it's she becomes a different person it's it's completely uncanny when she plays cassandra you know the the facial expression changes the voice changes the the body language changes you know mm. it's and 
and you know it's it's kind of a mix of you know very funny and also <laughs> quite alarmingly suggestive at the time i think at the mm. <laughs> <laughs> When she's, you know, when she's marveling at her own boobs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like living inside yeah. a bouncy castle. <laughs> oh, God. Fantastic yeah. line. Yeah, and I... you have all those, you know, all those little details too, like kind of the, phys the physical details of, you know, she's constantly fiddling with her hair, fiddling with her clothes, you know, mm. as though it's someone getting reacquainted with having, with having a body again, you know, like, like, you know, like Cassandra. Yeah. So... Mm. So yeah, and then so she does that and <laughs> very successfully. And then <laughs> David Tennant comes along. Oh, he's hilarious. And, uh it's only for about two scenes. I mean, some people say, Oh, he's possessed for half his episode. No, he's not. He's it's two scenes. Yeah. But yeah, and then he goes, you know, oh, I'm feeding out a samba. <laughs> You know, and he plays it kind of, I mean, I've heard all kinds of descriptions, you know, people say, oh, he plays it like Kenneth Williams, or he plays it like, you know, Austin Powers or whatever, you know, we'll take your pick, really. Yeah. It's... It's, yeah, the, the, the line that always cracks me up is the, uh, <laughs> was it, um, you've been watching, you like it. Like oh, it. it. You, you've kind been of looking. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's kind of like... <laughs> contorting himself you know and uh and apparently i mean who knows but apparently you can kind of see billy piper struggling not to break character because <laughs> she's kind of like trying not to crack up laughing um and then um yeah and then they climb up the ladder and then he goes you know she one of the cat the matron cast the cat the matron grabs rose's ankle is going to pull her off the ladder and he goes oh go and play the ball of string <laughs> So I think that's what really makes it for me is the performances. I, you know, I can mm. go back and watch those endlessly again and again and again. And again, it's very broad. It's very silly. It's very kind of, yeah, what you would expect in a, in a body swap kind of comedy. And I think for a body swap comedy to work, the performances have to be good. If the performance yeah. doesn't work, then yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. And I, I can't imagine um, Eccleston, as much as I love Eccleston, I can't imagine <laughs> Eccleston of you know, pulling that off at all. <laughs> oh, goodness me, I'm a man. Young. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I don't think. And I mean, you know, the, the, there's been other kind of performances like that when Matt Smith has done a few of those, when he's the Doctor, when he becomes a different character. Mm -hmm. I mean, not many people like um, Nightmare and Silver, but mm. one of, one of um, I what I kind of find quite, watchable about that is is he's completely unhinged in in a performance that doesn't appear to have been directed at all they kind of said oh matt just do your thing and he's like all right then you know <laughs> um and so one thing i always quote because it, it i used to have a roommate and i would annoy him because he would he would sleep on the sofa and not go to bed and so i would go up and he'd seen that episode and he didn't like it he said mm. it was always oh, just and so i would just um go and I'd lean over him and go, wakey, wakey, boys and girls, which is what he does, you know, in the episode. <laughs> yeah, Nightmare in Silver. I have not watched that for a, for a long, long, long time. Uh, it's probably mm. one of those stories that I, it, it might be a, might be a story that I need to, to reassess i think um speaking it was, of cybermen yeah. Mm, yeah yeah it's kind of, it's kind of it, it's it's a story that's kind of buried 
buried in there with with a lot of bigger things that's going mm. on you know in the season mm. and uh, it's it, maybe watched in isolation which i i think and i've said it before i think a lot of these stories sometimes work better in isolation when they're not part of a, a part of a big series so you yes, know yes. I, I i love stories like the idiot's lantern and I was just going to say, oh, actually, yes, yes, I think it gets forgotten about because of all the bigger things, the big, you know, the, the, you've got the impossible planet and uh, and the Satan, the Satan pit planet, and you've got yeah. you're building up to the finale and you've got the, you know, the, the, the Marmite. The Cybermen 2 party. Yeah, yeah you got yeah. the Cybermen 2 party. You've got the, you got the kind of Marmite reaction to uh, love and monsters and love kind and of monsters. in the middle of all that is <laughs> is the Idiot's Lantern, which is this very quiet very enjoyable mm. standalone story um a little bit yes. like uh, another one that people don't like but i i've got a soft spot for is fear her as yes well. you know it's, yes. it's sometimes i think you could take these 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 little individual stories out and watch them on their own in isolation and i think you, people would maybe reassess i think on. yeah this year was a big one for me because i i realized that yeah i don't dislike a single episode of of series two i think it's actually really underrated and it mm-hmm. every story i can find i can enjoy in a different way obviously mm. yeah i've i've found good in every story even fear her which i used to think was cool to just slag off and you think oh yeah it's it's for kids and that's the point. That's what makes. That's why it's kind of so watchable. Is it's a very kind of child friendly Doctor Who because it's about it's about children too. Yeah, and and I think that's what really works about it. Actually, you know, when you kind of when you put aside the sort of your edgy prejudices and you just sort of take it at face value, and you know, it, it actually works. I think as a story, it's a nice little story. It yeah. is a nice little yeah. story. I don't think there's anything wrong with being with having nice little stories. You know, quiet. absolutely quiet mm. stories there you know it doesn't have to be end of the world each each week or you know, yeah big exactly. apocalypse yes. happening you know it doesn't yes, have to be yes. that definitely give it another chance anybody who oh yeah and and quick story about the idiot's lantern is that um because this year is is yeah 70 years since the coronation of queen elizabeth ii mm-hmm. um so they ha- we had a recent coronation this year Mm. Um, and so my, you know, my mum, who's kind of big on all that stuff, I, I won't go into it really, but yeah. it, she invited all her friends round and we were kind of supposed to watch the broadcast as it went out on live. And I just kind of sat there and didn't really engage. I was, I think I was on Twitter. Most of the time. <laughs> and there was even a point where, you know, the national anthem came on and she said, stand up. And I just <laughs> looked at her and said, no. <laughs> And oh, and fantastic. and in among all that, I'd seen on I think on Instagram, Russell T Davies had posted just a screenshot of the wire from <laughs> the Idiot's Lantern and, and with the caption, "You cannot stop the wire." <laughs> and um, and so I said, "You know what? I need a palate cleanser after all that." So as a counter program to the coronation, I watched the Idiot's Lantern with my dad who kind of wandered in and sat sat down and watched it with me and it it really flew by it just mm. flies by it's like 40 44 minutes and it yeah. just you know it yeah. zips by you know it's yeah. so much fun the more i watch it the better it gets it's uh, a nice little story it looks mm. really good as well it's you oh, know yes. it looks really yes. it's really well filmed uh, Again, if you like Dutch angles, I like them, so mm-hmm. I like it. Mm, yeah, <laughs> the camera's tilted almost every shot. You know? <laughs> yeah, 
just gives it a different flavor doesn't it it, it exactly, adds to the, yeah. the flavor of each series if i think if, it, if every story looked the same it'd be uh the, uh, oh well exactly i mean yeah dull. again you know uh idiot's lantern looks completely different from from new earth and if i really had to fault new earth i think it would be the kind of look of it it it, it is you can see that it's on the it's on the back end of of of, of a big production block that they've had and mm. one of the directors has been assigned uh, james hawes i think it is and he does a mm. pretty good job but it's yeah it's it's not the kind of directorial you know standout that you would expect you know? no no yeah. I, yeah. I i do i do think uh you know again and it's not it, it isn't one of new earth it isn't one of my favorites but mm. i will always find things that i like in stories so there will i will never you know I, i'll never come out there and say i hate this i hate this oh no you know? i mean that's too easy it's, it's too easy it, it, there is absolutely know. nothing in there is nothing there is no doctor who story that i hate i i i, I like i like some less than others and mm. i have my issues with some stories as well but there's never sure. there's never a story that's made me come out there and say i i hate this you know so yeah so new earth is definitely um it's definitely it's a lot of fun it is a lot it's of a lot fun, of fun and you know billy piper is great and gorgeous yeah. And... Yeah. um speaking of hate oh oh <laughs> no, i'm joking um <laughs> so yes we where are we going next we are going to be discussing the jodie whittaker era yes which um, i have given some of my thoughts about on uh, on my first episode or second episode, I can't remember. And uh, it's one of your you know, favorite eras. It yeah. is one yeah. of my favorite eras. Yes. Yeah, it's it's one of the eras that I will sit if I sit there and I think about what I absolutely love about Doctor Who. Her era comes out on top a lot of times, mm. and it's not something that it's not something that I realized at the time. It wasn't until mm. probably Flux came along that I realized this is probably my favorite era of Doctor Who, <laughs> you know, alongside the 1960s stuff. So yes. it was it, it was uh, it was something that it's one of the only eras that I'll go back and, and I'll sit and rewatch the entire lot in one go. Which it, you can do because it's kind of self-contained, isn't it? Mm, it's, it is. It's, yeah. You could, I mean, that's why, uh, and I, I recently had a re whole rediscovery of The Woman Who Fell to Earth, which mm. I, I I even did a sort of mini Twitter thread about it, just mainly to myself, so I could sort of work out some of the, some of my thoughts, really. Um, mm. And um, yeah, just sort of re, yeah, re-watching it five years after it first broadcast and just realizing that it is one of the perfect entry points into doctor who actually mm. for for a new audience for new viewers you know you've got various points especially in the new series where you can really easily get get started and the other points where it's a bit trickier you know yeah. um so i think yeah jody's uh era is really easy to to start off with if you started off with that and you learn about the doctor through jody and the tardis and everything there it's a brilliant sort of launch mm. pad you know it is it is and uh, i mean what were your thoughts originally when uh, uh, when a female doctor was first announced i remember exactly where i was um on a train funnily enough oh um, wow which ties in with <laughs> um the woman who fell to earth um and um watching the final adventures of a 
a certain white-haired Scotsman. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was I was playing catch up with um, Peter Capaldi's season ten. I was about to watch it on my laptop, and I check Twitter and I get the news that that there's going to be a female Doctor for the first time. And I, it was a very nice sort of feeling I had. It was just it wasn't sort of jumping to the rafters. It was just like, oh, finally, kind mm. of a nice smile and sort of like gazing this is sounding really corny gazing wistfully out of the window (laughs) (laughs) and what what was crazy about it is it made me enjoy series 10 that much more because i knew what was to come i was like oh it's gonna change completely after this Mm. and so and even in series 10 there's all these little hints about you know uh, I think the master says in World Enough in Time, or the Doctor Falls, oh, is the future going to be all girl? <laughs> and and um, Peter Capaldi says, oh, we can only hope. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yes. And so when the woman who fell to her first broadcast, you know, again, I managed to get most of my family around the TV again. Mm. And we watched that first episode. And, uh, of course, then they they dropped off again. <laughs> but... Yeah. um. Um, and then it was it was uh, I was I was interested on hearing in hearing your reaction to to the rest of the series actually to series eleven. When I watched it at the time, hmm. it was kind of, and I may have mentioned it before. It it felt like a bit of a it felt like a bit of a, a rug pull from underneath me really because yeah. I was so used to all the 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 running around the kind of high drama the fantasy elements you know we're out in space and all you know it's it's wild and wacky adventures mm. and and how to describe it but that kind of energy there was a different energy yes um yes, bef- definitely. before uh before the chibnall era started so when series 11 came along and it was on a you know suddenly on a sunday night and it was slightly more quieter and more thoughtful mm. and it, it the episodes felt longer i know they were longer but things felt like there was more plot there was more uh, things developed more slowly more, y- yes yes very slowly and i yeah yeah and i think a lot of people did struggle with that um, yeah and 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 i you know i have to admit i i i enjoyed it right from the start but i was uh, I was a bit blindsided by the kind of the, the, the change suddenly. And, you know, by the time we'd got, you know, three or four episodes into the series, it was like, you know, this, this is fine. I'm absolutely fine with this now. This is, <laughs> this is, this is, this is, this is great. And um, so, so I was always, yeah, I enjoyed that first, that series 11. I do, I do have, I, do, I think there are some, uh, there are some things that, that he doesn't get quite right um, mm. in, in that series. I think, as much as I love all of the companions, the fam, I do feel like there's one too many, which I think is the yeah. I don't think he ever got out of that. Kind no, of problem, I think really. I, I think he I think he managed it better. I think he juggled it oh, better yeah. in series twelve <laughs> um, than series eleven because in series eleven everybody's kind of kind of hanging around with each other and they're all they're all they're all together at the same time. And but mm. I think there were, they, he managed to to split them off into into groups a little bit more in series 12 and because that it worked in the it worked in the 60s with your you know three companions and the doctor it worked in the 80s yes. with your three companions yes. and the doctor but in the 60s you had a uh, longer stories you know so you you had your six parters and you had your 
you know, you had it developed over weeks, and mm. in the eight, and they also took regular holidays during during the stories <laughs> as well. So, you know, the characters, <laughs> the companions weren't guaranteed to be in every single story. And in, again, in the eighties, you had more episodes to a story. So, it, yes. so, it, but in this, it it often felt, in, especially in the first in series eleven, it felt like it was more of a, an ensemble piece rather than a rather yes. than the Doctor and companions, which flipping it the other way is actually a good idea as well i think because that did work it felt like a a nice little like team. a fam a you family know, like a fam yeah. exactly yeah. yeah so i loved the woman who fell to earth i mm. enjoy, i really liked the ghost monument um rose yes. was fantastic i really enjoyed arachnids in the uk i was actually scared by oh, that I'm one i terrified i'm, I'm not a huge oh i mean i'm not a huge arachnophobe but when it yeah when they're really big oh god <laughs> yeah it was a tough watch and uh it, but it, it, i think again it's a lot of fun i, I wasn't keyed on the saranga conundrum and i will admit to that it's not one of my favorites um <laughs> the pregnant man yeah i mean it's, i was like what am i watching <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it's just it kind of felt like a bit of a not a cheapy episode because you know there's no there's no a such thing as a cheap maybe, episode. Sort of yeah, a... it felt it kind of felt like you know you, you, when they used to do those uh, the Doctor Light episodes, even though it's not oh, a, yes. uh, even yes. though it's not save, a Doctor Light episode. Yeah. yeah, it kind of felt like that. They didn't feel they felt like there should have been a little bit more to it. Um, but after that point, I think you know from I think what came next was it Kablam that came next? I uh, think it was Demons of the Punjab. Actually. Oh, Demon! Oh, um, Demons of the Punjab yes. is. Probably the strongest, actually, in terms yeah. of drama in the show. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think so. It's uh, it's definitely one of my one of my favourites, and uh, and I prefer it to Rosa. I love Rosa, but I prefer it to mm. Rosa. I think it's such a beautiful idea, um, and it's you know so there's so much emotion in that episode. Uh, but I think from that point on, I think from Demons of the Punjab onwards, I don't think it really puts a foot wrong. The finale is not mm. fantastic, but you know, it's <laughs> the Battle of Ranskor Avkolos. Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> it is, it is, and it's not. It's not. Um, I never see it as the finale. Anyway, I always, no. I always just see the finale as uh, as resolution. Anyway, resolution. So. Yes, yes. Well, that's what the one that really won me back actually is because I think what for me what was difficult was actually not the show itself. It was the and you know this is very unhelpful the the online reaction to it which can mm. very easily color your opinion of something mm. and you know and they they'd done this before with star wars and uh, we don't have to talk about that but the you know the kind of vitriol that gets spewed almost on a daily basis about star wars nowadays it basically completely turned me off the whole franchise mm. which is very sad because mm. you know it's one part of science fiction that i just don't want to go back to now yeah um yeah. But with Doctor Who, I mean, it was starting to happen, and I sort of said to myself, "Well, actually, I don't want to. I don't want to let them do this to mm. to Doctor Who, to my to my comfort show, you know." So I decided to stick with it and sort of su support the show as 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 you would. And yeah, and by the time Resolution uh, came around, which uh, again I watched with my dad, and we both really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, and I was one back, and I I I need to do a rewatch of series eleven. I think without that sort of expectation or worry about what other people might think about it, you know, and just watch it anew. Um, yeah, I think I think that's often that's often a 
a thing, isn't it? It's like you you watch stories and you watch them when they're broadcast and you are so wound up and you're so yes. kind of on edge. Thinking, oh, it's got to be good. It's got to be good. It's yeah, got to be exactly. Yes. And that's that's yes. kind of what. And you think you know, and if it's not if it's not absolutely knocking it out of the park and and it's not blowing your mind and it's not yeah. you know do it then you, then you you worry and i think sometimes as well when you watch a story for the first time you don't take on board what's actually happening in the story yes because you're so true. focused on this has to be big and it has to be the best and biggest thing that there's ever been and you it's know? going to connect to something that pay off later and blah 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 and 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 we, I think we've been conditioned. That's just t- modern TV conditioning is, you know, you're expected to have mm. payoffs and massive build-ups to a finale at the end. And, mm. you know, and and uh, you, we forget that some, uh, a, a lot of Doctor Who episodes can be watched in a vacuum. I mean, the yeah. best ones, I think, can be, you know. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I think I think when you people, and I think it's happening now, and I've seen it and it's been mentioned on many a podcast that people have mm. seen the kind of people turning turning around the other way now with the with the era yes. and uh, you know watch it in isolation and just just sit and watch it for what it is now it, that that's been and gone we know how how this how the era goes so right. just now sit back and properly absorb and those stories yes. yeah yes. which is what i you know i did i i i, I try and do a jody rewatch every every year and i feel like i've got another one coming up soon i think i'm gonna have to do i'm gonna have to do series 11 i think before the 60th just to sort of re yeah take another look at it and sort of enjoy it this time you know yeah because i i would i did enjoy series 12 a lot and Mm. i think i that's because i again i i i had to catch up i didn't watch it when it came out Mm. and i caught up a year later on dvd and um so of course i had the the master reveal spoiled for me unfortunately but but i mean a lot of the you know a lot of the episodes i was dreading i was like oh god everyone's slagged this one off what what am i going to think of it and then i got to the end i got to the end of the timeless children and i was like well what was all the fuss about i kind of enjoyed that you know um and you know what are you guys smoking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Um, I watched. I think, I think the Timeless Children was broadcast the day before my birthday. Uh, and oh, it's a hell of a birthday! Uh, oh, I know, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I watched it, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I, on that first go and still i absolutely adored it and i knew people wouldn't like it i was shocked at the hate that got thrown oh, at it i didn't yeah. think as many but for me it just it it blew the doors open for doctor who um exactly you know it it, it changed whether or not any of it sticks going forward i don't know but it for me it did just kind of freshen the show up a little bit as you know as fresh as you can be when you're delving into mm. the past of something you know a past of a, of a character it really did freshen things up because it felt like it was doing something different it felt like it was saying okay look we've gone as far as we can go with what we know about the doctor now so let's open mm. the doors a little bit more and see what else we can we can explore here and that's what i like because there's so much now there's more mystery than what there was before yes. i i Puts feel the who back in doctor who exactly yeah exactly yeah. and i think people aren't going to like it and that's fine and you know i spoke well they're uh, wrong <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong <laughs> yeah i mean i um, I, I spoke i spoke at length 
on uh, Hamster with a Blunt Penknife about Can You Hear Me? Um, oh, yes, yes. And about how it was, you know, the, the reaction that it got and uh, and and even the, the the tweet, the question, or the the I put out the um, you know sending me your opinions of this, and we'll mm. read them out on there. And some of the comments we got was, I've never. I remember I was I was kind of following it from a distance, and I was like, "What is going on?" It was oh, insane. God. It was insane. It was still going on when we were recording the commentary for it, <laughs> and and I I actually I actually had to mute mute my thread in the end because oh, damn, I was oh, I was sorry. starting to feel anxiety from it all. I was getting oh, an, an, anxiety from it, um, but yet but that kind of and as I you know as I said on that podcast, I will always take on board somebody's opinion on something. But let's mm. have a reasonable debate and discussion about it. Yeah. Let's not let's not yeah. start throwing hatred. Mud. Yeah. yeah, throwing mud yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I do but it is nice to see firstly the love that the show that the era got anyway. Because I do think Yeah, exactly. A, despite all that. Yeah, yeah. despite yeah. all that, there was there's a huge love for that era and for Jody and some of the things that have that have come from from that era some of the fan art you know there's it's brought in oh, new fans you know it's 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 so lovely to see that um but it is again nice to see other people who weren't keen on it to start with kind of turn around a little oh bit yeah for, for me it was a journey like you know again with series 11 i was kind of lukewarm about and then mm. i stuck with it and i'm i'm glad i did because because i enjoyed series 12 and then we got round to Flux and I was on board. I was completely on board. I was, you know, I was watching live again, you know, when mm. it came out yeah. every every week. And it was basically, you know, sort of if you, you could put a subtitle saying how I learned to stop worrying and love the Jodie, the Jodie yeah. Whittaker era. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. as well, you know, I mean, she's such a, you know, I've said it before. She's such a positive ray of sunshine you know and she's 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 able to be like a kind of darker doctor as well at the same time and uh, but mm. she's such a positive beacon of hope you know a beacon of light and even down to yes you know when she regenerates at the end in, in back in, back into tenant there's no angst there there's no you know, I don't want to go and all this kind of stuff. It's such oh, a yeah. positive regeneration. Yeah, it, she has it, a brief moment of like, oh, I want more time. I want more time. And yeah. then she kind of gets over it. And you yeah, think, well, this, this is it, you know. Yeah. And kind of accepts it, you know. Yeah. 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 And, and, yeah. and you know, for me, it's um, and you know, I, I spoke about this in, in, in my first uh, in my in my podcast that I did. Um, she came the, the, the era in general came at a very turbulent time of my life as well so uh, you know during series 11 um my ex-wife and myself um adopted a, a baby um my mm. my son um jacob and so that was a very turbulent time of my life you know uh, uh, you know we then had a baby in the house and then we got into that then we had the pandemic well you know mm -hmm. after series 12 was shown so the whole world was thrown into chaos and and then when Flux was around, that was kind of without delving too much into it. I'd had a really terrible year that year. I'd, I'd suffered with depression. And um, and by the end of the year, during Flux, uh, my wife and I separated. So right. we had, but through all that time, there was Jody's doctor. And 
it felt like something to hold on to. You know, she felt like yes. like this again, like this beacon of positivity, a beacon of light, a, you know? a constant. So there, so there was a constant, and it was the same for me. Is why I stuck with her. Is is I knew ev- whatever I thought of any episode, I knew she was going to be brilliant, and mm. and she was, you know, all the way through. And that's mm. something <clears throat> that's something that she can be proud of, I think, mm. and. And actually, yeah, it's a, in a similar way, uh, I recently had some friends who who live in in who live where I live, who have now gone off to the other side of the world, mm-hmm. and I have no idea when I'm going to see them again. And so when I, I rewatched the woman who fell to earth, she has that line at the end where, and it's a completely different context, of course, because they're talking about loss and grief and. And it's about Grace, who has just died. And mm. uh, but uh, they ask the doctor about her fam, her her family, and she says, "I lost them a long time ago, but I I carry with I carry them with me, and what mm. they would have thought or done or said." Mm. And and I that really spoke to me at that moment. I mean, it, it obviously a completely different context, but it really again was something to sort of hang on to, you know. Yeah. And she'd been and gone. She'd, you know, she that the power of the doctor had already been and gone, and mm. you know, but yeah, um, you can go back. You, know, you can. That's go the amazing back, thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. The amazing thing about about a show like that, you know? yeah. And how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about um, Mr. Tennant returning? Um, I mean, I I've kind of yeah. I think it was it was just the hype machine. I I kind of distanced myself a bit from it, but. Yes, I am excited. Mm. You know, I've seen the trailers now, mm-hmm. and I think, okay, yes, okay, what? Let's go once more <laughs> with, <laughs> with Tenant, and you know, he does all the Tenant things, which I like to annoy my parents with. You know, you know yeah. The, the, I mean, that's the first thing they said. He's like, "Oh, David Tennant's back. Is he going to shout again?" <laughs> and then I look at the trailer where he's, you know, screaming. Why does it always have to be this? <laughs> uh well, I hate to break it to you. <laughs> you know, yes, and I think uh, it's again, it's he's ju- he's not back back. He, it's it's a one off. He's going to be doing three specials with mm. Catherine Tate as a sort of yeah, you know, kind of bringing all the audience back, and then we'll get a completely new take. I think with with Shooty Gatwa for mm. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not the funny what... thing with him, actually, is I'm I'm already kind of imagining what his doctor's going to be like, and the first the first thing that kind of comes to mind is I want to know what his laugh is like. Hmm. I want to hear the doctor laugh. That's the first kind of thing I want to see Shooty Gatwa do hmm. is is laugh, and just because he has, I'm, I'm sure he has such a distinct kind of laugh. Yeah, it's a weird thing to fixate on, but you know. <laughs> no, no, I, I actually, I'm, I'm getting eager to see some, some clips of him now. I, I hope we get to see a little bit of him in, in the. You mean other than specials? Um, can someone please tell me what the hell is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I know the amount of times I've watched that clip now. <laughs> I know it's so quotable now. <laughs> Two second clip. <laughs> yeah it's kind of i'm like yeah um every time every time some behind the scenes filming is is uploaded onto twitter or 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 wherever i'm always kind of watching it thinking and somebody at least try and capture him saying something so we can so we can actually actually say that yeah (laughs) Uh, i've again i'm trying to wean myself off that just because i want to be surprised i want to 
get mm-hmm. the come to it fresh you know yeah and yeah it's so hard nowadays with everything you know get behind the scenes photos and people standing at barricades taking films with their phones and mm-hmm. you know it's yeah uh, it's hard to get away from it all because we're you know we want to be a doctor who fan we want to follow every scrap of information about the show you know yeah it's it's really it's yeah. really hard isn't it because you kind of you, you you want to know but you don't want to know so yeah. you kind of <laughs> I, I don't, don't... Want to know yeah <laughs> 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 um... But yeah, sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, you, but you, you, you kind of, I don't go hunting down spoilers. I kind of like it if I occasionally see one, and I, because it excites me. But at the same time, I don't, mm. I don't want to see them, you know. So, you know, it's a tough one. Mm. So yeah, that's the Jody era then. So yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you enjoy it as much as I enjoy it, and it's just great talking to more people who are, who are enjoying it really. I so. learned to love it, and I'm so glad, so glad I did. Um, yeah. Do you have a favourite Jodie moment? Ooh, that's a question. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of favourite Jodie moments. Um, I think there's a, there's a particular particular bit in Spyfall Part One where she's where she's got the phone. I think she's got a mobile, and she says. Uh, she say kisses into the phone and then she says she says she turned to look at them and says she's very french that kisses. yeah it's quite french that isn't it? i really <laughs> like that and i also love the moment in the timeless children where she shoves the master oh yes oh, show me the rest yeah oh, that is yes. that is you know because a lot of you know we see we see a lot of happy Happy Jody, you know. Uh, I keep calling her Jody. It's the thirteenth Doctor, but you know, Jody's Sorry, 13th yes, Doctor. the Doctor. It's yes, the yes, same. Yes, it's yes. the. <laughs> I think she's she's even said before recently that that she's she was allowed to play herself, you know. Uh, so yeah, it kind, kind of, of that kind of seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Jody and thirteen kind of go hand in hand, really, don't they? Um, but yeah, she. So I, I love that we see these really happy light moments with her, but we can also see this. This anger as well that's that's there that she that she's you know, trying to hold in. I mean, yeah. that's the thing is a lot of the male doctors are allowed to be angry and and scream and shout and rant and you know rage against the dying of the light as mm. as Tennant would you know yeah. Um, and and I think the thing is is she she could do that, but she's more she's she's more in control. She's kind of holding it back, mm. and you can and I think also it would. It would, you know, it would be an easy sort of story to say, "Oh, look, you know, the the woman's getting angry," you know. Mm. Um, so yeah. I think, yeah, it's very brave uh, choice, and act- I think it's a conscious choice that she's holding all that back, and she just mm. sometimes can become, yeah, very sort of snappy and irritable, mm. uh, like when you know, I think it's in, is it Fugitive of the Jadoon or 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 the Ascension of the Cybermen where she kind of snaps at the fam, you know, at mm. um, yes. Ryan, Ryan, Graham and Raz. And he's like, that's all you need to know. You know, you don't need to know more. You yeah. Know? And, and, and you kind of, you know, on, on, on one level, it's a very much a team, a team thing, but you never mistake who's, who's in charge yes. really. I know that, that, you know, she's not in charge of them, but you, you always know who's, who's the one leading them. 
You know, she's able yes. to suddenly well, jump out. She says him. that, doesn't she? In um, Haunting of Villa Diodati, mm-hmm. where she says, sometimes, you know, this flat this flat team structure, it's mountainous yeah. and it's just me, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, she's yeah. able to do that and rise higher than anybody else. So, yeah, it's great. It's such so, a And again, I think it's era. also a departure from the, the, the other eras is that it doesn't need to be a sort of a highlighted anger moment you can you can see it in the performance it just mm-hmm. doesn't need to be a sort of a clippable clip on 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 youtube you know that's that's i mean or or what what in films they would call you know an, an oscar moment mm, yeah 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 you can underplay it as well you know that's 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 the beauty of it yeah mm. brilliant fantastic okay so uh that's it then daniel um have you enjoyed being on the podcast i had so much fun i never knew it could be this intoxicating (laughs) (laughs) so i haven't scared you away from doing any future podcasts oh definitely not oh god i don't know what you've done to me actually i might have caught the drug you know caught the hit or whatever the contact high whatever it is that is exactly what i was like after i did my first one i was i just wanted to get on and do it do another one straight after um (laughs) But uh, no, I'm glad I'm glad you've enjoyed it, and uh, I'm I'm you know honoured that you were that you came on to talk about the things that you love. And, was I um, your first um, international guest? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, you were. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, would I be able to tempt you to come back at some point as well in the future? Oh, definitely. Whenever you like. Brilliant. Just say the word. I'll 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 think of some other favorite things I can talk about. Oh yeah, the 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 universes of Doctor Who is infinite, so there are infinite (laughs) number of things that we can that we can discuss. So if your your favorite William Hartnell fluffed lines, there you go. (laughs) Oh, the way he says Chesterton, Chatterton, Mm. Chesterman, you know, Chesterman, yeah, fantastic. (laughs) Uh, So where can people find you online? So you can find me on Twitter at uh, Daniel underscore Rawnsley, all in lower caps. That's R-A-W-N as in Nathan, S as in Suzanne, L as in Louise, E as in email, and Y as in Van Staten, you tortured me. Why? Um, you can also find me. Uh, I have a website uh, where I, I I'm trying to do uh, voice work, so you can find some of that on DanielRawnsley.com. And uh, we mentioned target novelizations. I have I did actually write my very own fan target novelization of Ooh. New Earth. So oh, if you want to listen to some uh, audio recordings or well, i called it an audio adventure i think i called it of the 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 target novelization uh as written by me um you can find that on youtube oh wow mm. i shall i shall have to check that one out fantastic i'm trying to put it on spotify and and other platforms i'm getting there well <laughs> wait wait and see <laughs> Okay, thank you. Well, if anybody else wants to join in the discussion, um, I've got some guests lined up and I'm still to get in touch with some guests. So if I haven't messaged you yet, then uh, don't worry, I will get uh, we'll get around to you. 
If you do want to appear, please feel free to comment under the episode link on Twitter and Blue Sky. We're currently on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm hoping to be on some other platforms very, very soon. Um, but again, this is a learning curve for me. So I am uh, I am I am feeling my way around the world of podcasts as uh, as we go. So that just leaves me to say uh, thank you, Daniel, for, for coming on the podcast today. And uh, I hope I haven't kept you up too late. Uh, what, else, what else am I doing tonight? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Talking Doctor Who is absolutely fantastic. So Thank you, Jim. Okay, no problem. We'll speak to you again soon, Daniel. Okay, speak again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.